Welcome to Beyond the Shire. My name is Jack Wolf. For today's adventure, I want to share about you and I being recruited, called, chosen, equipped, fighting, doing battle, pressing in, standing up, speaking out, speaking up, lighting up, being the salt of the earth. Now, I may not get to all of that this week, but I want to lay a little bit of a foundation and later we'll tie all this together. It was last week was Easter, and I want to speak a little bit about the Easter topic. No one except God himself knew what the outcome of his son coming to this earth in the form of mankind and living his life sinless, yet tempted in every way, and willfully going to the cross and experiencing death, rising from the dead, that it would defeat and break the powers of darkness that had been active in the world since the fall of man in the garden. No one except God himself knew what that outcome would be. No one except God himself knew those early days of Adam and Eve living in the world that was broken and seemingly no way back to what it used to be. When they walked with God intimately, they knew him personally. They walked with him, as the Bible says, in the cool of the day, fellowshipping with the creator himself, the father and their children. What a beautiful union. Those of us who have kids, we understand how great it is to walk with our children, those who we in some way created them. But they were separated from him and heartbroken, and God was heartbroken as well. He had a plan, though, and it was going to be a costly plan because the first Adam failed, but the second Adam, Jesus Christ, came into flesh like you and I, and he lived a sinless life, and he stood against the powers of darkness. And never at one time did he give in to the spirit of darkness that was trying to beat him as well, like he beat the first Adam. But And all of that darkness that had been unleashed in mankind from the story of creation, we see the evidence of that has been going on for thousands of years, and it'll continue to go on until the Lord finally returns. But Jesus stood up against that powers of darkness. He stood in the garden against the enemy's best attempts to try to get him to turn stones into bread, to try to get him to cast himself down and raise himself back up, to bow and worship him. The enemy said, all of this world could be yours, he said, if you'll just bow to me. But we know that he did not bow. We know that he did not give in. And you know what? The, again, the enemy does not know the outcome of how this is all going to play out. Just know this, that the enemy himself was a created being, an angelic being nonetheless, but he has no understanding, no knowledge about all that God is actually doing, nor does he have any knowledge about this man, Jesus, and what abilities he actually has. Certainly, he sees him doing miracles and these kind of things, but does he really understand what's really happening? And, and I believe he does not. And Jesus stood against him, fully man, just like you and I, not a fake man, a hundred percent man, like the first Adam was. And Jesus, this second Adam, as the Bible says, stood and he stood in this and he was tried and convicted and hung on a cross, not just to die so that you and I could ask for the forgiveness of our sins. He died and rose again that we might get back God's full nature, the nature of God. As the Bible says, the old man, the old Old nature has passed away. Behold, all things are new. A new creation, a brand new man. And how awesome is that? So 
again, and I'm going to repeat myself through this podcast, he didn't die just so you and I could ask for the forgiveness of our sins. He died so that we might get God's full nature back, the nature that was robbed when Adam fell. Jesus redeems it back so we get the full nature of God where we can give our hearts to him and he can rule and reign in our life. But let me interject something here from my perspective that I believe is really significant in understanding what Jesus has done for us and what sometimes can be the focus in Christianity that can be a little bit confusing. It is true that he died for our sins. That's plural, sins. Galatians 1, 3, and 4 says this, Grace and peace to you from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins. And then this little phrase right here, to rescue us from the present evil age. So the rescue is not just for the forgiveness of our sins, but to rescue us from this present evil age where the powers of darkness are still working in the world. We can see it on the news. We see it in our neighborhoods. We see it everywhere. But he came to rescue us from this evil age. And then it says, according to the will of our God and Father, be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Colossians 3 has some things to say. He tells us to put on our new self. So this this chapter speaks about us being renewed in the knowledge and the image of our Creator. Not just getting forgiveness of a sin, but getting the new nature, the full nature. So Christ's actions on the cross are really primarily all about you you and I getting back the nature of that God had intended from the very beginning. The old man, as the Bible talks about being passed away, a new man coming forth. Because when people give their hearts to him, they're asking for his nature to rule and reign in their lives. In other words, think about if you go back to the Garden of Eden, what it was like for Adam and Eve before the fall. And then what it was like after the fall, kind of getting back to what God had fully intended, where the full nature of God is ruling and reigning in Adam as if it never happened. That new nature only comes by inviting him, Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, into your life and to have your spirit born again, fresh and new, just as God had intended it from the beginning. And in a way, taking you kind of back to the garden and the person you were created to be before the enemy was even in the picture. Now, here's a concern I have. When we speak as Christians and promote that all we have to do is just ask Jesus to forgive us for our sins, and then we can have peace and feel better about ourselves and get on well with the rest of our lives. Sometimes it feels like Christianity promotes a gospel that really is just about us helping, feeling better about ourselves for the mistake we made. You know, did you lie? Yeah. Ask forgiveness and get on with it. Did you lust? Yeah. Ask forgiveness and get on with it. Did you steal? Ask forgiveness and get on with it. Did you, I don't know, fill in the blank. And it's like we're all about these outer workings, these sinful actions where our focus is really on that and how do I feel better so I can get on with my life. And I can kind of understand why some people get bitter at Christians or critical of Christians with the thoughts that they find somewhat hypocritical. They kind of say, well, so you Christians kind of get this get out of jail free card. You can commit any sin and ask forgiveness and then one day off to heaven you go. 
It is true that Jesus did die for the penalty of sin or our sins. But he did pay the price and took the offense that the fallen mankind has done and will do. He did pay that price. He took every offense and paid for every sin. But bigger than that, and this is what we really have to lean out on, because bigger than that, he died and gave his life that we could have his life, renewed life. He didn't die just so we could go to church and feel better. He died that we could have him into our life and have the nature of God, the fullness of God, his, his very being and part of who, who we are. Because when we read the Bible from the time of Adam on, we see that the book is filled with all sorts of evil and sordid things. And that evil nature had to be beaten. That evil nature had to be defeated. And it had to be done by a man who lived a sinless life. And that only listened to the nature of the Spirit and the Creator Himself, our Heavenly Father. It required Jesus to die. And when He did die, He broke the powers of darkness that have a hold over mankind since the Garden of Eden. And what God the Father wants more than anything is to be in an intimate relationship with you. To walk with you intimately, to fill you with his life, to interact with you, to speak with you, to feel what you feel, and for you to feel him and experience him. This is why he's given us the world around us. It's a, and it's an expression, but make no mistake about it. God is real. He is active, and he is your heavenly father and wants to be in relationship with you. When we read the Bible, and the, the world that we live in is not what God had intended from the beginning. Go back to reading the Garden of Eden and then s skip ahead and read the last book of the Bible. And it'll give you a glimpse of what God actually had in mind. A, a world filled with peace and love and grace and mercy. A, a world that has no sin and evil. Where lying and lust and those things do not Those are not attributes of God. They are attributes of the enemy. And he uses those things to distract us and dissuade us. And even appeal to us in a way that those things become pleasant and pleasurable. But they're not, they're not God's way. And they are destructive. And we, we, and we know this. It is true. That the only way to experience all of who God is and all that he has in store for you is to not just ask for the forgiveness of certain sins so that we feel better, but to ask for the Spirit of God to fill you. Ask him to be the Lord of your life in every area of your life. I don't want to go to church to get a fix to have my conscience feel a bit better. Listen to what Jesus prayed. This is before he went to the cross. Here's what he prayed. He said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. This was his prayer. His prayer was that you and I would be one with the Father, one with Jesus, one with the Spirit, that we would be in our intimate, deep, ongoing relationship with him. My wife and I have been in a relationship for 48 years. We continue to grow deeply in our love for one another, body, soul, and spirit. I thank God for those relationships. Where I'm in a relationship with my children, whom I love dearly. You know, this relationship is deeper than our actions. We can aggravate one another once in a while, but what, but those are not the issues. 
you know, they can become issues, but all of a sudden the depth of the relationship begins to really govern everything and even how we react and interact as human beings. I'm still trying and working on my pursuit of him, my heavenly father. I want to know him better, be in relationship with him, to know what he wants from me, to know that he's walking with me, to help me understand him and my own heart and all the ways of my life and live with my family and others. Yes, I sin. Yes, I miss the mark. Yes, I do ask for forgiveness. And yes, I do receive it. But deeper than that, I want to hear in those moments. I don't want to hear, oh, thanks for forgiveness. I feel better. But Father, help me understand your ways. I don't just want forgiveness. I'm thankful for it. But I want you to, I want to be guided by your new nature. Your nature to live like the, Jesus did, to walk in those ways because the Spirit of God lives within me. So, what about this whole recruitment thing you spoke of? I said, well, what about being recruited and called and chosen and equipped and fighting and doing battle and pressing in and standing up and stepping out and all those kind of things and lighting up? Listen, Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross, he recruited you and I to be a part of this family and to do stand against the powers of darkness and invite people to give their hearts to him. We know to not just attend a church, attend it, of course, but we are a part of the kingdom of God and the enemy has been defeated and we are called to stand up against the enemy the way that Jesus stood up and spoke out. And now we have the ability to do that because of the power that lives within us. Jesus said this, he came to set the captives free and folks, he needs help doing this. And it's going to require people to be equipped, to fight, to do battle, to press in, to stand up, to step out, to speak up, light up. I'm going to dig more about this into the coming weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. And let me end with this. But those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Jesus is our hope. When we hope and have faith in him, he absolutely renews our strength. I hope you have a great week. God loves you. He is intimately and wants to intimately be involved in your life. If you've never asked him to come in, go ahead and invite him right now and say, come on, I want the full spirit of God to govern and lead my life because your kingdom is what I want to live like and it's your kingdom I want to be an example of. And by his grace and by his power, by your spirit, he'll give me the ability to do that very thing. Listen, I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.